Hey kids, visit Arcade Club in Bury Greater Manchester. You can play loads of them old arcade machines and quite a few new ones too. You can get to grips with old consoles, new consoles, VR and screamingly fast PCs. Two bars enable you to eat stuff and drink stuff and you can also park your car and get out of it. So if you are aged between 4 and 407, come down for an awesome day out. How come they're letting you in, Sean? You're 408. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I don't look it though, do I? No, pretty good. If you don't already know, we are the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Molland. Welcome, hello. And I'm Sean Holly. Welcome, hello again. On the release of the last podcast before Christmas, I called our listeners Children of the Pence. Sorry about that. It makes them sound a bit like members of a cult. Children of the Corn. Is that a film? That is. It's a horror film. But Children Ooh. of the Pence, I suppose they are members of a cult, really. Yeah, Cult of the Pence. Call him Cult of the Pence. That could be a, misconstrued as wrong. That's even worse, isn't it? Anyway, hell, hello, Sean. Hello, listeners. Welcome. This, in a few days, is going to be the fifth year birthday of the podcast. So let's make this year Whoa. a good one. Yeah. And possibly the last. You reckon you're saying that? I know. <laughs> so tell us, what have you been up to over the festive period, Mr. Man? Really, I've been work. I've had a couple of days off, but I've been working because the arcade is obviously mad busy over Christmas. Uh, uh, it's New Year's Day now. We're recording this on New Year's Day, and New Year's Eve last night was just insane. It was a great atmosphere, banging DJ sets, oop, 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 oop. bit of drum and bass as well at the end. After, after New Year was coming, New Year comes in, knocks on the door. Hello. Used to love drum and bass. It's awful. It's a dreadful noise. Oh, I love it. And the few days that I have had off, I've been enjoying it with family and friends. I've had a nice, uh, really wife's side of the family more than mine. A couple of nice meals, wanders around through lonely forests, gazing at a sunset sky. Sean, Sean. Yeah. Back, back, come back, come back, come back oh, to me. right. Yeah, Vic. Yeah. Uh, any arcade stuff apart from working in Arcade Club, obviously? Any arcade stuff at home you've been playing? I've been playing our latest featured game, the Mr. most most excellent Randy. Ed, Randy. Oh, Randy Edward. Ooh. Cliffhanger, Randy Edward. Ooh. Yeah, okay. We will talk about that later on. So it, it's been a very been... popular one, hasn't it? it people have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been off since the 21st. Um, we have proper days off because you because you work retail i suppose with customers you've got to go in but i don't so i've had quite yeah. a way off and i'm back to work tomorrow unfortunately i haven't had anywhere near enough time to do everything i wanted to do i have just about finished off one of the isis cabinets i've got the sub electro isis cabinets i've converted it into bosconian oh well done uh, i added a light bar to the uh, marquee because it didn't have one in there for some goodness knows what reason it didn't have one Got the artwork on the round the screen bezel, which got the sort of green spaceships you blow up in the game, with a square in the middle. Uh, control panel and the marquee, uh, all done by Muddy Music Arcade Artwork. 
and I just need some bright green tea moulding to finish it off. I need to order, I think, four or five sets of, of tea moulding, 23 foot each for each cabinet. So I put it on the sides and there's above the marquee and below the marquee and then underneath the control panel as well. Um, so I need to do that. I need to get them probably from America because the tea mould in the UK is very expensive and they just get it from America anyway, the place you get it from. So I'm hopefully going to get a load in. I might even do like a big bulk order with other people and try and get it a bit cheaper because you always get hit for customs when it comes through the country as well, nearly always. Sometimes mm. you used to get, get away with it, but nowadays it's the past two times I've bought from America, I got hit by customs. So that one's pretty good. I didn't have much time to do any others, though. I was really hoping to. Um, one other thing I did do, which has got something to do with the ISIS cabinets, is the one I'm going to do as a Nintendo machine. It's going to have, hopefully, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. and the Space Fever games in, which is a different kind of loom. So I've got to make a really weird-up loom to go into the Donkey Kong to invert the video. Because right. all those old Nintendo right. games, the video's around the wrong way, and, it's not, and, and none of the games have got their own amplifier on board and also the space fever game's got a separate separate soundboard so i'm not sh- quite sure how i'm going to do that but what i have done is i made an adapter up which has just got the power and the video to to get space fever running on a jammer machine because it goes into the donkey kong to jammer and then that goes into a jammer machine so which it sorts all the video out and everything what i could do is if you needed sort of sounds for your games and you're struggling, I can record something on my recorder, like, boo, like, boo, blah, 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 extra life, extra life, and send it over to you. You can put it in a tape recorder, like on the Journey game, put it in the bottom of the cab and play it when you're playing the game, just as an interim thing. What do you think, Vic? Well, the most ridiculous thing you've just said, me being a nerd, is that that game would have had speech on it. It's 1979. It wouldn't have had speech. Stratavox did. It was awful, though, wasn't it? Speak and rescue. Even your speech isn't that bad. I've, I've played it. I played it at Galloping Ghost, and it's the speech is a lot better than what is in Mame. It's a oh, lot really? better. Okay. Yeah, it is. It, you can actually hear what he's saying instead of. All right, so it's not going done very well on Mame. No. Any road up. So I did actually make that adapter, and the main reason for that adapter is not quite to fit in the cabinet because I am thinking I would like. A Nintendo table again because when I played the one in Underground Retrocade playing Space Fever High Splitter, I really enjoyed it. And I missed the cabinets, I had two of them at one point. But I've got enough parts in the shed to make another one. I've got two tubs already Ooh. painted, powder coat painted. I probably need some new glass, uh, tart the top up a bit, and the internals. I've got most of the internals, I've got a monitor which probably needs a little bit of attention. I've got boards. And the reason why I made the adapter in the in the first place is because Phil Murray is going to make us a high score and a multi-game kit for Space Fever. So it'll play Space Fever, High Splitter, Space Launcher, and possibly, possibly Sheriff as well. And he may wow. be able to... Because you know that Sheriff uses the cooker knob controller to, to fire the guy. Yeah. It's got like a... Um, an, an, uh, what is the word? It's it's like an eight way switch. You move like a cooker knob, and you mm. press the button. You press the cooker knob into fire. But he may be able to work out because he's a clever soul. Another way of firing. So we're not sure yeah. how it's going to be. But that is on the same hardware, so it, it'd be easy for him to get it running on there. You just need you just couldn't play it properly because it's not the right controls on a normal Space Fever board. But Phil is very clever. So we'll see what happens with that one. He's got all the boards I, anyway to test them out and do. He's been. He's had his nose in the code already, 
and he is planning wonderful things for it. I think in the past I've had that sheriff in Maine mapped like Berserk, the the controls mapped like Berserk, so it would p- play like that. So I you would had to prefer move, the game like that, actually, to be honest with you. You had to move in the direction and then press fire. I'm, I'm sure I did. Yeah, a long the, time the ago. controls on the sheriff I'm not too keen on. I like the game, but I don't like the controls. So if, if Phil could make it a bit easier like that, to, or easier for people with a, without a cab anyway, because the cabs are very rare, it'd be awesome. And get a lot more people mm. playing it as well. Be cool. So hopefully, 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 hopefully. Uh, oh yeah, on the, on my Bosconian as well. I've got the Bosconian in there, and I want to run it on tournament settings, same as Underground Retrocade, because yeah. uh, Sean Courtney's got some good scores on that, and I want to beat him because I'm quite good at Bosconian. It'd be like a nice little sort of friendly championship going on there. And I've got mine set with the dip switches, and they're still not quite right on the game. So I think my Bosconian is getting a bit a bit fruity. It's getting a bit poorly. Ooh. And sometimes, now and again, it doesn't want to boot. So I might have to have someone run over it as well. Not run it over, but run over it with a probe or whatever and just check yeah. it out a little bit. Because it is a bit of a, a pain to get on that one going. The hardware is a bit crusty and old. Uh, oh, got over a 1,000 followers on Twitter now. Woohoo! Let me, give, yeah. let me give myself a... Got 1,001, I think. Nice. Because when I was on like nine hundred and ninety-seven, I said, "Oh, can you know, nearly on a thousand. Thanks for everyone, you know, you know, joining me and following me. Thanks a lot. It'd be really nice to get a thousand. I mean, some people have got millions, for goodness' sake, and it's it's really, it's really flattering for me to have a thousand people because of the podcast following and stuff. And um, Paul Davis from Retro Asylum helped out by unfollowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's only joking. He didn't. He just put unfollow. I was like, oh, you swine, you swine, sir. I reckon they think they're following me. Do you reckon? Ten you, pence, sir, I've got about 900 as well, haven't you? I don't know. Hang on, hang on. It's not I'm a big thing for me to actually check, but it was nice for seeing that thousand on there. It's really lovely. Followers, 874. Following, Ooh. 174. That's a good ratio, that, of followers to following. Yeah, I don't really follow. I follow dogs and stuff and silly things and a few other people. That's all. I don't really do Twitter because there's a lot of grief on there a lot of the time. All the stuff I see on Twitter is joyful. I follow the people that put podcast scores in. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing because it's it's joyful, isn't it? It's not it's not moaning about the news or being horrible to each other or whatever. It's it's a nice thing that because Twitter joyful, can be horrible, it can be a war zone. It really can. Yeah, the the if you put a, something mildly contentious on any social media, you get this barrage of people arguing you against get each attacked, other, and it's not nice. And you're thinking, why bother? I, I can't even read that stuff anymore. I just have to just... Absolutely. Like, me, me too. Me too. There's so much going on. It's it's just... It just gets heavy on you after a while. So I try not to try not to deal with it. I just try and do some joyful things for once. People so, are getting so angry and you think, just just chill out. Just switch your computer off and yeah. go and walk in the... Go walk naked in the field and lie on the ground. Don't do that, kids. And look at the stars. Make sure it's quite warm. Yeah, because you will get arrested. Another mm. thing I've been doing lately, I've been doing some 3D printing. You know, you know, I got a 3D printer a few years ago, and I didn't really use it that much because I got a bit frustrated with it and I sort of went off it a bit. And I've got back onto it and I've been doing loads of really cool stuff. I've 3D printed some cases for little uh, game kits I've made, like little sort of Game Boy kits I've made. I've made um, a four-piece stand for Vectrex because on the Vec Fever, you know, the multi-cart, the really smart multi-cart I've got... Mm. Um, the guy who did that updated the firmware, and now the firmware can play Tail Gunner and proper Asteroids arcade ROMs. Oh, right. It uses them without any external computer. 
it plays asteroids properly and tail gunner but and it's also got a rotate screen so you can actually sit your vectrex on its side and play oh. it in the proper ratio and that's what the stands are for it holds the vectrex up and there's four pieces you just clip together it's really easy to make it's quite long so you need a reasonably long printer and i printed some for for myself well i actually printed some just as a test and i was going to send them to chris cmp anyway because he's the, my go-to vectrex guy he's a vectrex god and he was going to get them anyway and then I liked it so much I printed myself a set because I thought, oh, I'll just have a go of it once. And I was playing it for ages. And because I've got that custom controller made with the buttons in the mm. in the Asteroids layout, I was playing it on there. And I was like, this is brilliant. I need a stand now. So I made myself a stand as well. So I've been doing loads of 3D printing. I've done, I've done lots of silly little bits. I made the wife a Bulbasaur Pokemon thingy. She likes Pokemon. I've been doing little bits of jewellery for her. I'm going to make some cookie cutters later on. I'm doing all these, I made a few cases for Bobby Eardod. For, for holding yep. these like S- SIO to SD Atari computer drive emulators and stuff like that, because it's just a bare bones screen and some electronics and all Ooh. sorts of stuff like that. And I've been been watching some videos, learning how to use Fusion 360, which is a CAD CAM program. It's a right. similar kind of thing I use at work, but my work one is very specific to what I do. Whereas... Fusion 360 is very good for all sorts of stuff, and especially 3D printing. And it's quite easy to draw with it. So I was in the bath watching Lars. Not Lars, watching Lars, Lars in the bath. Watch Me in the bath watching Lars, who's a guy who works for Autodesk, doing these videos. And he's really cool. And he, he's quite a good teacher teaching me how to use Fusion 360. I, I'm actually made a box. I, I drew a box up in 3D. There's more than a few holes in it, like a control box for something I'm doing for Vectrex. And it worked quite nicely. So I'm hopefully to do a bit more. Th- I can do a bit more my own designs for 3D printing, which would be pretty cool. Mm. So that's been really interesting. Get actually getting some use out of my 3D printer, not just making little silly ornaments and toys, but things I'm actually going to use. Yeah. So I've been really pleased, especially with that that Vectrex stand. Oh, I also made some vertical switch holders. So you put I saw the, that. You put the screen of the switch in it, and then you put the Joy-Cons on the side. They slot in. So you can play stuff like Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Pac-Man. Because there's a bunch of Namco games that play. You can orientate the correct orientations. Um, what was the other game? A Star Force, another one. So I did one, and I did another one. I did a white one first. I thought, I need a black one. So I did a black one. I thought, oh, I can give that to Alex for Christmas, because he's got a Switch. And I'm, I'm going to send the white one to Mr. Tronads, because I know he's, he's into his Switch as well. And I made another black one for myself. So I've done three in total, and it's been pretty good. Did you? But it works really nicely. Did you create the model yourself, or did you download it? To, to... No, no, it was downloaded. Um, there's a place called Thingiverse on yeah. the internet. Check it out because it's really cool. And there's tons and tons of stuff, all free downloads that people have just sort of uploaded themselves. And they put a little little description of what it does and some hints and that. And then it's a kind of like a community. So when you've actually printed your own one. You can upload your pictures of how you did it and what settings you used and maybe if you had a difficulty or if you've, you can even remix them because it'll say on there, okay to remix. So you can, you know, you can put a logo on it maybe or put some holes in it or make it slightly bigger or slightly longer. And it's quite cool because everything gets uploaded and everything's free. You can download thousands of things for free. It's absolutely brilliant. So if I do make anything unique that's not been made before, I will upload it to Thingiverse so everyone can get it for free. It is a great technology, I think, 3D printing. It's fun, yeah. So many things you can do with it. It's it's a little... Because I'm an engineer and I know about surface finishes and, you know, all the stuff we make is for aircraft work and that. 
it's to me it, it looks a little bit rough because but it's only for prototyping really mm. and a lot of the time you can you're going to use these 3d parts where it doesn't matter about how it looks it doesn't matter a toss so and you can sand them and paint them and, and smooth them over and there is ways of making them look really really nice as well which i need to get into but yeah it's been nice doing that some arcade parts are definitely on the way definitely on awesome. the way. well someone's actually done like a repro of a Samwa arcade stick. All parts made from 3D printing. Oh, I wonder how durable that is. Do you reckon? Well, they're pretty tough. The, the plastic is pretty tough when it's put together. Mm. It's bizarre how strong it is, to be honest with you. You would have to polish your knob, wouldn't you? Hey! <laughs> Woohoo! To get a nice shiny knob. Yes, yeah, so you need a shiny knob. Yeah. Red, probably. <laughs> oh my god! What else? I visited Alex in his new place in Aylesbury. He's up at Aylesbury at the moment, just temporarily, living with his lovely girlfriend. And we played some games there. He beat me at Balloon Fight, and I thrashed him at Donkey Kong, which was very good for me. But he did have a lot of rum beforehand, and I wasn't drinking, so that was an easy easy win for me, that one. Is that where Stonehenge is? Uh, no, it's Salisbury. Oh, right. Aylesbury's where Davo lives. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, when, obviously. After, when you drive in, it says, Welcome to yeah, says, Aylesbury. Welcome to Davo's, Davo's Land. Home of Davo. Yeah. yeah, that's what it says. That was really <laughs> nice visiting him just before Christmas. Oh, just after Christmas, sorry. Um, what else have been up to? Oh, I went to see Smarty Martin the other day. He had a little meeting around his house in Fleet, not too far from me. A lot of the, uh, the Southerners went, only about 10 of us, I think, maybe a few more. That was really nice. The game of the day there was Armoured Car. Ever played Armoured Car? Not Unreal hardware, no. Well, this is on. Uh, it was on a little cabaret he's got there, running Phil Murray's multi-game, Konami multi-game, or Scramble Harbor multi-game. Yeah. And Armored Car is a fantastic little game. It got m- right into is it. It's a maze game. Yes. Yeah. It, it looks a little bit like the old eight-bit computer Ghostbusters. You know, you got the the bit where you go around with your your character around the the blocks in the street. It looks like that. Right. It's a great little game, and we will be reviewing it before long. Oh, awesome. We'll have a look at that. Yep, because it's going to be a listener pick. Uh, and the next most interesting thing for me at Martin's Place, apart from talking to everyone, was he's got a little rally cabinet. It's an, a really old, quite short, stubby, but wide Pong clone. Mm. It's a really It's got spangly gold paint on it as well, and he's done it up a tree. It works perfectly. I think he had it off of Phil, who bought a, a shed load of old Bronze Age games. And Martin's always liked the the Bronze Age. He's got yes, a yeah. he's got a fire truck. He's got a jet fighter. Uh, he used to have a breakout, but he's got that new that Pong now. What else? He's got a video pinball, Atari video pinball. Oh yeah, I remember that. And he's got a Domino's. His Domino's is a little bit poorly at the moment. He needs to fix it. I've been had time to fix it up yet. Yeah, but he's got a really lovely Bronze Age section of games in his in, in one side of his arcade. It's really really nice. So that was a, a joy going there, as it always is. Mm. Oh, and one negative thing that happened. Yeah. You know my stupid beagle, Haruki. Haruki, yeah. <sighs> he ate one of my Joy Cons. Ate it. Well, he chewed. A lot of it. <laughs> well, a, jo- a Joy-Con, for those not in the know, is a, is a removable controller off the side of a Nintendo Switch. You can take the controllers off and you can give them to other people and you can put them in as holder or you can clip on the side of the screen so you can use it as a, a game on the move, as a portable. And what happened is one morning, 
wife had got something in her contact lens, so she took her contact lens out. She's a bit, a little bit poorly on on the sofa, and she heard the dog on the other sofa chewing something. So I was just chewing one of his rhino horn things. You get these chewy things he eats, these hard things. She heard him scrunching away, but couldn't see. And I came down about a half an hour later and realised that that scrunchy thing had a green LED on it. I was like, oh, that doesn't look right. <laughs> and then I thought he was chewing the TV remote. He's never done it before. And I went, ah, for God's sake, look what he's chewing. She's like, oh, I'm really sick. She totally owned up to it. Her fault. She should have realised and bought me one the next day. But luckily you can buy them separately. But 40 quid. Stupid dog eating it. He does chew your stairs. He, he does chew the stairs. When he wants us to come down in the morning, he sort of he pines at the bottom. He whinges a little bit and cries. And when he doesn't come, he starts chewing one of the stairs. We've got wooden stairs. Mm. And there's a little divot in the step now where he keeps doing it. Idiot dog. You want to teach him to chew it, to sculpt it as he's chewing, like a, a nice kind of scene. Yeah, ornate, ornate stairs. Yeah. And then what we'd have to do then is move the, the, the stair gate up one more so he does the next step. And just, he could do all of them in, in future. <laughs> I don't think he's that skilled with his teeth, to be honest with you. But he did puncture a hole in the Joy-Con. Nice one, Haruki. I forgot. I've been to the Batcave. Did the Batcave event? Oh, what, which event was it? What was it themed? That's at? what's. That's right. It's reminded me, Mario Party. And oh, what an um, an N sixty four one or GameCube Switch? Oh, the new new one. I think there was a new new one. Yes, yeah, there's all this like weird throwing and moving. I just do not like them kind of games, but people loved it. Cool. But the. The show me games that that film the competition and then put it online. They used to stream it, but the internet's not so good there. I I sort of guested on the commentary, so you can imagine the stupid. You can imagine the stupid commentary that happened there because I don't yes. know anything about Mario Party, so we were just having a laugh. But yeah, if you put a link in the no shows, Mr. Marland, it's show me games. It's show me games. Show me games dot com. Something like that. Something like that. I'll, I'll find it. Nice. Nice. I've been in the garage now and again to play a few games and do a few things. I always have a quick go of Cuba, and I always have a quick go of Bosconian. And I played, because I've got a multi-plug with the four ISIS plugged in. So I just flipped one switch on, and I played all four of them the other day in, in, in a row. Did Berserk, Donkey Kong Jr., Cuba, and the multi-game, which is the Konami multi-game. So I played a bit of that on there as well. And it was joyful. And I actually beat my record on Cuba. I got 30,000. That's how pathetic I am at Cuba. But I love the game. I, I don't seem to be getting any better. I need some tuition. It's great. It's a brilliant game. I tell you what, that's just reminded me. Now, now I'm at Arcade Club, right? Yes. I used to know every game in the place. I used to be able to walk in and tell exactly if a game, because I used to go nearly every week, Yeah. could tell exactly if a game had been swapped out, you know, what's going on. Uh-huh. But now I walk in and I, look, I don't look at the games. I look at the people because I work there. Yeah. You know, like any drinks on machines, people behaving themselves. You're you know, throw that, that out next. People, uh, children not running around, that kind of thing. You know, picking up pieces of detritus. Yes, detritus and ephemera. <laughs> so I'm not noticing the game so much. I walked around the other day and someone asked me where something was. I said, oh, yeah, follow me. It's here. can't remember what it was. Around the corner, it had gone and been replaced with something else. Uh-oh. And then it struck me, I thought, oh my God, what's, what's happening, Vic? What's happening to Uh-oh. me? Arcade news. There's an, some news from the Arcade Heroes on the recent IAPA show in Florida. There's loads of new VR stuff and gun games and not not a lot of new Classic stuff. Classic stuff. 
our listeners will be interested in a few remakes and stuff and i was going to go through it all and talk talk to you about it Vic, but it could take hour and a half so i've i've lazily put a link into arcadeheroes.com and you can check it out there there's still a thriving arcade video business but a lot of it's redemption based you know and yeah. some of them you can switch off and just play for fun others spit out the tickets no, nah, not interested in that but, at all. We should not even speak about it. It's unspeakable. It's still there. We, the arcades are still there. They're just different, which we've talked about before. I did look at that link, and things worth mentioning are the new arcade section. There's some in Japan going on and some in Israel. But the one that I was really interested in was the Prince Arcade in Illinois, in Chicago. Yes. We just missed that. It wasn't quite open when we were there. We would have loved to have checked that place out because the guy who runs it... I think is uh, is friends with a lot of the other arcades like the Galloping Ghost Underground Retrocade, and he's a really good guy apparently. And I think he he's one of the people that used to supply arcade machines, and now he's got his own arcade. So good luck with that, Prince Arcade. It looks really cool, and the next time we go there, we're definitely going to it. Uh, hopefully, our Chicago and chums, the Pie Factory podcast, Jimmy G and Sean Courtney, can review the place for us soon when they get there. So tell us what it's like, guys. Do you know what we missed? What's that? In Illinois. That bar I was going to take you to. That's what we missed. Level 257. We missed that. There's, there's, yeah, there's... apparently it's a bit a bit corporate, a bit Namco-y, a bit sort of Dave & Buster's, so it's not brilliant, apparently. So... I'd like to have seen a Dave & Buster's to see what it was like. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, they're not great. Um, we could have nipped in, I suppose, but we, we were action-packed, mate. We did loads that weekend. Well, yeah, we a did. long weekend. We did we did pack a load in. We were quite tired that night. We couldn't get back to Underground Retrograde even. I'd love to have gone back. We were just knackered. Mm. The other thing worth speaking about from the, um, the Arcade Heroes website is the head-to-head Space Invaders pinball jam being tested in Japan at the moment. This is like, um, it's like a, a normal size, maybe a little bit longer than a normal size pinball, but it's split in the middle. And then you've got two sides to it, so and it's got lots of different coloured balls. I don't even think they're they're steel balls either, the pinball. And it's only like mm. a half half length pinball table. And there's not many targets in there, so it's a different kind, almost like the older type electromechanical games. You play, and apparently you can only play against each other on it. I don't think they've got a single player yet, but it looks interesting, and it's Space Invaders themed, so I like the look of it. Yeah, it does look good. The, art, the side art looks good, oh, doesn't it? Oh, it looks lovely, yeah. It looks nice. Mm. Here's, here's one that surprised me, actually. Have you heard of a podcast called The Retro League? I have, but never listened to it. I, I listened to them, uh, uh, well, on and off, maybe two or three a year, to be honest. I just sort of dip in and out. And they're always interesting. Yeah. And, and I'm always impressed with the consistency, you know, every week. Yeah. Yeah. It's suddenly finished oh. after 464 episodes, which I, I reckon is the longest running retro podcast in the world. I can't think of anything more. Wow. Four, 464, suddenly finished. And one of the hosts, there's two, and one of them was on Facebook saying, very sorry for the sudden end. There is, there is issues, you know, there is reasons for it. Please don't, don't contact the other host. We will... We are going our separate ways. I don't know what's happened anyway. Oh, okay. That's sort of sad, I was, isn't it? 
Yeah, for some, if four hundred sixty-four episodes that they have done one a week, and if they, I think they consistently did it. That's like eight years, is it? Wow, eight, well done. Nine, nine years every week. This is never going to last that long. Believe me. Of course it is. Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. You get on my nerves now. <laughs> What's this little one on the end of our, our list? Look at this. I've heard of this. Namco USA Arcade Operations are expanding and rebranding as Pac-Man Entertainment. Can you remember really? all them Walmart, all them Walmarts we went into in, in America? Yes. Hundreds of Pac-Man memorabilia and stuff. I wonder if it's related to this now. It's an industry Pac- on its own, isn't it? Pac-Man Entertainment. This is only America. This is only... It's still going to be sort of Namco Funscape, I suppose, where we are. Yeah, Namco Bandai, isn't it? It's owned by Bandai, yeah. the toy manufacturer. Yeah, there's the, there's another link on the Arcade Heroes ooh, website. Oh, 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 talking about Pac Man. Yes. When I was at Alex's, uh, he got his girlfriend a Pac Man machine. Now, those three quarter, well, those ones are about 12 inches tall. Yeah. I can't remember the name who made it now. It was by Numskulls. But I played it and I saw some bad reviews on Twitter about them and I disagree. I think it played really, really nicely. The joystick on it's a tiny little joystick, but you can get hold of it properly. And I had mm. a good game of it, and the game is obviously emulated and it's on a little L C D screen. But the, the quality of the, the build of the cabinet is absolutely lovely. It's really, really nice. And it's got a, a charge port in it, which is a, a, a micro USB. So hopefully someone's going to hack it. Because if you can plug something into it, you can hack it. Because at the moment, it only plays with five lives as standard. So it's a bit easier than normal, perhaps, for, for kids playing it. I don't know. But there's no way of changing the settings on it. But if someone hacks it, they'll probably hack it to play all the games, I expect. But even is it a it, proper arcade ROM? I don't know. I think it looks like it. Yes, it looks like it. it, When it, when when you turn it on, it does the little the self test like Pac Man does with all the sort of weird screen, and then the rug comes up. Yeah. So I believe it's it's running on some kind of mains of some sort, but hopefully someone hacks it so at least you can play Pac Man, Ms Pac Man in it with the speed up versions and be able to change the difficulty in the live setting because playing five lives is just it's just wrong, isn't it? You want it on standard settings. Yeah, but I thought it played really nicely, and it's a handsome little thing. And it's, it's it is a novelty, but it's much more playable than the little ones I've got because it's a little bit bigger, and it's a really nice bit of kit. I think they've done a Galaxian or maybe a Centipede as well. Right. Yeah, I really, really yeah. enjoyed it. It's an impressive little bit of kit. I thought just the, the settings need, need sorting out. That's all. But hopefully, if you can plug something into it and maybe get into the if it is main running, you can get into the main. Settings. I don't know if anyone's pl- plugged a keyboard into it and tried it. I don't know. One of our listeners sent a, the cent- a picture of the centipede one, I think, to us, didn't they, on Twitter? I think so, yeah. Yeah, like, like yeah, like they did, because they, yeah. they asked me if it was the ones I was collecting, because I was getting the little tiny ones and, and the Walmart ones. And I did answer and said no, that, but I have played the Pac-Man one. I thought it was quite nice. Yeah. It's cool. Recent pickups. First pickups I've been having for, for a little while. I got artwork sent to me by the lovely Muddy Music. And I'll put a link on the show notes for his little uh, his little web shop. If you want to get artwork for your arcade cabinet done professionally and as close as possible, 
get him for Molly. I got uh, Food Fight and Bosconian, and he also reprinted me my Cubert one because it was slightly off centre when I had it. Yeah. So I got to pop that in there. It looked lovely again. I bought some games on the Switch because I had some Switch, Nintendo Switch uh, vouchers from the mother in law. But I got one game beforehand called Shu, S H U. It's a little indie developed platforming game with really beautiful art style. And it's got quite a scary cloud with a purple mouth that chases you. Don't worry about that, but it's quite frightening. And because I had some Nintendo Gold points from other stuff I bought already, like a, a sort of. Uh, also, it's like a sort of scheme where they give you money off. You get a few points for every pound you spend on there. So I had a load right. of points, and it was going to go off soon. So I, I must buy something, and I had to add twenty five p to buy this game. So I got the game for twenty five pence. Yeah, and it's a really cool, cool game. So with my proper vouchers, um, I've only bought one game so far. It was thirty four ninety five, and I got that new Wonder Boy Monsterland game. And this is the one that I had. Uh, a little. I spoke to the people who made it on Twitter, and I said, "Oh, this is a rip-off of Shantae. Uh, the art style looks exactly the same. If you watch the video of it, it looks exactly the same. The same way you change your characters round to do different things. It's really cute and everything." And they said, "Oh no, no, it isn't. It's actually Shantae is, is a copy of the original Wonder Boy." I said, "No, it isn't, because the Wonder Boy is a left-to-right scroller." And Shantae is more like a Metroidvania where you go backwards and forwards and do different things, but. I wasn't having a go about it, but I said to them, it doesn't matter because I love Shantae so much, I will be buying your game as well because it looks like Shantae, and that is a positive thing. And I've got it, it plays very much like Shantae, and I'm absolutely over the moon with it. It's a brilliant little game. It's uh, I've only got a little way into it so far. You start off as a little boy with, I think, blue hair, with a little, you know, the little Wonder Boy guy kind of thing, the yeah. Monsterland version of him, and I got turned into a pig. So I'm now right. a pig at the moment. And you get turned into different things. I think when you get turned into them, you get the power, so you can swap between the, the different characters to do different things. It's a really cool little game. It looks lovely as well. It's delightful. It's really nice. Do so, you know the first time I ever got turned into a pig? Oh, when was that? Tell me. You'd never forget, do you? No. <laughs> Jet Set Willy. Can you remember Jet Set Willy, the nightmare room? Yes. Is it? Is it Martha, the woman who, who doesn't let you go to bed? She points at you. You've got to go and complete the game before she lets you go to bed because you're hungover. Don't know, but you turn into a flying pig. Yep, I know. I know this. Awesome. I know it well. Awesome game. Uh, the thing is, though, I haven't really got far in that, that Wonder Boy game yet because wife keeps hogging it because I bought a that bloody Pokemon, Pokey, Pokey, Pokemon game for Christmas for the Switch because she likes the Pokemon Go on the phone. And yeah, and this game on the Switch, it came with the Pokeball. You get a Pokeball, which is actually yeah. a controller. It's a really it's. It's not my thing, but it's quite clever. You use the, It's got a little button on top, which is like an analog switch. You can move around and press the button. And it's got a speaker in it, inside it, and like vibration. So when you... Apparently the game is, is a revamped version of the first games on the Game Boy. You know the black and white Pokemons where you've got like red, yellow, green, and blue? Yeah. My, my, my lads had them, my boys had them when they were younger. I never really got into it. And the game is a rehash of that, so it's very old school in in its in mechanics and you can actually sort of you sort of gesture a throw with the ball to throw the ball at the monsters to pick them up to catch them and wife's getting right into it it seems very very grindy and very repetitive 
but she likes that kind of thing, yeah. you know, collecting stuff and getting the powers up and all this lot. And she plays it. I just sit there reading my book. I got, I got a really cool, um, like, video game history kind of book. All different things that happen in the history of video games. All sorts of things, toys and computers and, and video games and all these things that sort of made up the video game history. I just sit there reading that with the dog sat on my lap and while she's playing it, it's great. But I need to get back on there to play Wonder Boy and Monsterland and some of these other little bits and bobs games. And I've got some more money to buy some games, but I'm not sure what I'm going to get that. I think I might just treat myself to Star Force so I can use my vertical switch thingy to play it. Nice. Can't beat a bit of Star Force. Donkey Kong Jr. has just come out on Switch as well. Might as well buy it again. (laughs) I've got it on an arcade machine, so I probably won't get that one. But I've got Donkey Kong as well. So, uh, Oh, another thing I got for Christmas, I forgot about that, is I got a Mayflash arcade joystick box that works on Switch. Joystick box? Yeah, it's a you know, joystick unit. Oh, right. It's a big box yeah. with like I think it's got eight buttons, a few special buttons on the top and a joystick. But it says actually on the packaging, it's Sanwa compatible. Because what a lot of people do is they get these boxes, because they're like 35 quid for a joystick, it's quite a good good deal. And it's got a reasonable joystick in it and, you know, just sort of arcade candy cab buttons on it, which are cheap copies. But they're, they're the same size. So everything fits from Sanwa into it. So I could just replace all the buttons and the stick and everything if I wanted to and make it really cool. But what I've done is the, the stick feels okay. It's a little bit loose for me. I like a stiffer spring on the stick. But I've already taken the old square actuator off it, you know, the gate. And I've put an yeah. octagonal one on there. I had an old Sanwa one, and it fits perfectly on there. So I've actually got a proper octagonal gate now. So when you're playing four-way games, it slots into that four-way every time. It's really good. And when you're playing eight-way games, it clicks into the diagonals really nicely. So oh, I've improved right. it. Already. I will get a probably. I'll probably get a better spring. I've got some springs in my in my stash. I might put a stronger spring in there and just see how the buttons go. I might replace them with coloured buttons because they're all black at the moment. But it's a really nice bit of kit. It plays on. I think it plays on PC and Mac and Xbox, I think Xbox One and, and PS4 as well. Because it's wired, just a USB stick. It'll play on anything that's USB, basically. I was playing it on Mac today, and it works really nicely. I love it. That's a clever idea, isn't it? If you advertise something that's cheap, but you say yeah. somewhere compatible, people, yeah. you've already got people thinking, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to mod it. Well, yeah, since obviously... some, of those, some of those fight sticks, they call them fight sticks normally, like the, mm. the Hori ones, are over 150 quid. They're really expensive. But I presume, I presume they've got the, the quality parts in them already. But if you yeah. buy one for like 35 quid and then spend another, I don't know, 35 quid again to buy parts for a brand new joystick, eight new buttons, it's half the price, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, you, it's a good you idea. You get that. to use the, right, the same colours you want, the, the coloured ball top you want, the joystick style you want, as long as it fits in there. Perfect. Nice. Guess what I got? Charlie Farr gave me actually. I haven't Namco. finished mine yet. Yeah, you have. It's finished. I haven't. Look. I got some multi-armed it? helping hands. Look at this. Look at this, kids. <laughs> ah, it's attacking me. What is that? This is called a helping hands. These blue things here. I'll put a picture of this on there. Move around, and they've got little pincers on the end of them. Pinty, 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 pinty. See them, kids? Yeah. Pinty, pinty. And you can hold stuff in it while you're soldering. It's called a helping hands because sometimes you need three or four hands to hold on to something while you're soldering. And that has been invaluable. I've used it a few times already. It's brilliant. If you're doing soldering, kids, get some helping hands. I'll put a link of where I got it from or where wife got it from for Christmas for me. Cool. You know, first thing I saw on looking at that. What? Toast. 
you could get some toast. You could hold your, your toast while you're buttering it. Get your helping hands. Put some beans on top. You've got to have flat toast. Yeah. Put your beans on top. Beans Ooh. on toast. Elevated beans on toast. It's a new thing, Vic. Copyright and also, because there's because there's six helping hands on these removable jobbies, you could put your fork and knife in there when you're not using it. God, that'd hey, be good, wouldn't it? Hey, toasting hands. Helping toasting hands. You see, tell kids me, full of ideas, a slot. Tell me what you got. Did you get as many things as me for Christmas? I got... Did, did you get I some get? Old Spice? I didn't get... I got some Brute. Did you get some Brute? Oh, you're Brute. Oh, the, 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 the essence of a man is Brute. Oh, Brute. And I got, you know, the normal things, like some slippers, a, a sock. A some, sock. Some, did some did my dog steal the other one? He probably. He probably did. He probably so, got on the bus, got up there, nicked your son, come back. I got some... Spoon what cheese! <laughs> get any spoon cheese for Christmas? Some, some weird flavoured fudge. Mince pie flavoured fudge. Ooh, that sounds lovely. But I haven't had any yet. It's still in the box. I'll have to Ooh, see what it's like. Sounds quite good. And the lovely Charlie Fire gave me, for the Batcave, yet another Namco... Reissue. This is an older one on Xbox 360. Namco Museum Virtual Arcade. This has got updates. It's, the only one I've played at the minute is Gallagher Assault, which is a decent shoot 'em up. Re- pretty isn't, good. Isn't Gallagher Assault the name of the brand new Gallagher, the, the Redemption one? Oh, I might have got it wrong then. It's Gallagher Summer. Gallagher Legions. Sorry, oh, Gallagher. That sounds good. Yeah, it's, it is. It's. It's, obviously, it's updated, so it's lost a bit of the old character of Gallagher. But the the best thing about it is the updated soundtrack and the sound effects. You know, cool. they've been yeah, I like it. Here's a question so, for you, and I know yeah. you probably won't be able to answer it. So, if the listeners can answer me, this would be really cool. I was talking to a, a friend that came around the other day who stayed with us, and he was talking about Xbox 360. How he used to play Xbox 360 quite a few years ago. I said, "Oh, I had an Xbox 360. I had a, I had a Jasper version, and I I J tagged it so you could play all the stuff on there, all the different things you could download, all the different versions, all the different regions, all you know, got rid of all the lockouts and everything." And I was just wondering, I would like to have maybe an Xbox 360 again because you got some really cool stuff on the Xbox 360. Mm. And then my favorite ever version of Geometry Wars, Geometry Wars 2, I think was only released on the Xbox 360. And I would like to play that again because it was my favourite version. Does the Xbox One, you know the super modern one, does that play Xbox 360 games? I think it does, yeah. I think Ooh. you've got you've got to buy them again or something, I think. Because he was, he was saying that the Xbox 360 is a new version coming out this year. He means Xbox One that does away with the optical drive. There's no DVD, uh, no Blu-ray drive on it anymore. And everything's going to be downloadable. Yeah. But what you can do is I think you can send your games back to them, your physical ones, and they'll send you the download for free or, or for a nominal price. So you don't have any... And there's no there's no discs anymore, basically. Yeah, there's talk of the Xbox 2 and the PlayStation 5 coming in two versions, like like online only, which would be a cheaper streaming thing, yeah. and phys- physical discs. But my mate Lewis from Lewis Batcave, mm-hmm. it, you know, he runs the gaming shop. He is predicting that the next generation, I think I've said this before, the next generation of consoles will be just optical, you know, just online streaming, yeah. downloadable. They won't have There'll any be drives. No, They'll only have hard drives to store the stuff There'll be on. no physical discs. So, obviously all these little independent gamer shops have got nothing to sell, so that what's left of them is going to die out. Yeah, it's but, sad, isn't it? But I think that's the way it's going. Yeah, Because they can make the but, machines physically a lot smaller as well, because you haven't got, say, a five-inch square optical drive in there anymore. 
And and you'll right. have a, an SSD drive as well, um, solid state drive, which are a lot thinner and smaller and use less power. So the machine's going to get a lot smaller because the switch hasn't got an optical drive. It's only got the little tiny cartridges and an SD drive. Mm. What yeah. I was reading this just this morning is the Xbox One X is going to have an emulator. You know the RetroArch emulator that does all, most of the Raspberry Pi stuff? Oh, really? That is going to be released for the Xbox One X, and I thought, that's very generous of them. You know, you could get all your Mega Drive games on it and all that lot. Yeah. But it's, I think it's going to cost you $19 to buy it. But so that's nothing, really, if you can get all the games on. Yeah, but then they've got to, they've got to start try and pro-monetize the ROMs as well. I bet they're going to put some DRM yeah. on the ROMs because they won't just let you download all your ROMs you've already got for free and play them on there. You'll have to have some sort of DRM saying this ROM has been paid for, therefore you can play it on the emulator. Yeah, I can't see Microsoft giving anything away, so I think well, not yeah, just them. Be it's, like it's all that. to do with IPs. You know, if someone owns the rights to a, to a Sonic game, they're not to let you have it for free just because you bought an emulator. I wouldn't have thought. No. Hmm. Interesting for playing uh, old stuff on them. Cool. Yeah. Anything else you got for Christmas? I might have got another sock. I think I got two socks. What from another relative? Yeah, one's blue and one's black, but no one will they, know your shoes. I might have Got them mixed up somewhere in my normal Just Don't wear shorts, it'll be fine. Anything else? <laughs> Probably, but I can't Anything remember. Anything else, those biscuits I sent you, you dick? Oh, yeah, thanks, Vic. Oh. Family Circle biscuits, yeah. I bought Did... the cheapest, nastiest biscuits I found because I knew you'd enjoy them. And I put the king of biscuits. <laughs> now, look at this, listeners. Hang on, I've got them here. You've got the I've box, not... though, nothing in it. I've not I've opened it yet. You haven't opened it? I'm... No, really? done, done well, haven't I? I've been eating pizzas at work. There's digestives. Wow. Di- milk chocolate digestives. They're all right. The king of biscuits, custard creams, no. bourbon creams, mm. nice biscuits, shortcake, crunchy oat, Highland shorty. Go on, do, do a Highland shorty Scottish. Highland shorties. Oh, that's good. You chocolate chip. And happy faces. Can you remember them? Yeah, look if at you them, turn them upside it? down, they're miserable faces. I prefer them miserable. They're like a, a sandwich biscuit thing. They look, they look really sinister, those smileys, just smiling at you with Actually, their I'm dead eyes. Put... Oh, do you know what? I have opened it and forgotten. I have opened it. Yeah, I've had They're a few. They're all soft now, aren't they? No, it's sealed with a kiss. Yeah, definitely. I definitely kissed kissed it when I sealed it. <laughs> right, we've got, it, we need to get on. We're 47 minutes. We haven't done any feedback yet. Listener feedback. This is from I'm OCB, a.k.a. OCB. I was manufactured in 1970, says OCB, and lived through the halcyon days of video game arcade nirvana. I basically saved my pocket money for two weeks a year. We went into the holiday camp known as Pontins Holiday Camps and blew the lot firstly on electromechanical games, then on video arcade games when they came along. When I wasn't saving up money, I was slotting into, into machines in various chip shops, cafes and swimming pools that all had cabs. Yes, I remember Pong. Uh, Cheyenne Mountain, uh, the U-boat game, the tank game, some of the other rifle games, all before Breakout arrived. I was mad for Boot Hill, still am. My high point back in the day was probably being a regional champion at Atari 2600 Pac-Man, even though it was a console in a local department store. It was housed in a stand-up dot, dot, dot. I got through to the national finals but got beaten by those cheating bad starts who actually had a console at home. My skills were based on those precious few minutes per day where I stood in line at the local department store and got a game in. I then switched to real computing, also known as my trusty Dragon 32, where me and my brother learned pretty much everything that led us to our IT careers. 
I then picked up arcade games in the late 80s when R-Type, Shinobi, Afterburner were a big thing. It was our pre-pub ritual to hit the arcade. I even used to spend 20 minutes stalking grannies on 10p slot machines, working <laughs> at the probability of a win, more weeks than I should probably admit. My beer money was paid for with these old ladies who hadn't figured out basic statistics. Fast forward a few years to early to mid-90s, I was at uni and some pretty cool driving games were around. In between, apparently a whole bunch of consoles and handhelds would have appeared. Meh, whatever. Didn't bother with those. If it doesn't take up a couple of two space, have a CRT and coin doors, I'm not interested. No disrespect to console collectors, etc. Just not my thing. Mm. Benny Benassi. He Go says on, do, it, do the noise. He says he can't get no, can't get no satisfaction. Anyway, he's just realised I missed this Fortnite's 10 pence game. Fudge stick. Sorry, lads. I feel like I've let you down and all the listeners with his club track references from the 2000s. Enjoy America. Look forward to Sean Holly's Biscuit US reviews. I did mention the biscuits, didn't I? Which were warm scones. Yeah, with lovely gravy. Oh, Matthew Begg. Any chance of adding your excellent ramblings to Spotify's podcast directory? I will get my IT consultant on that straight away. Or otherwise Very known cute. as my wife. Nice. Ben of Steel. And he's talking about us done having done five years of podcasting. My list of unplayed main games says otherwise. A rough calculation should see you podcasting for another 76 years. Maybe a tad ambitious, obviously, but this could be halved if you went quickly. Mm. And... You'll be dead by then. Uh, 76 years from now? I'll only be 140 summer. No one. Well, maybe we'll get through it. 11, 170, 115. That was painful. Mm. Maximum Phil. Maximum Phil from Maximum Power Up. Listening to your fantastic Chicago trip episode. Excellent, lads. Oh, and thanks for the reminder about the Nerg official Spider-Man. Oh. We will not go into that. If you see us in... in the flesh we'll tell you about spider-man craig turner from revival events he saw our podcast picture of me and you wearing a stern official cap yeah from mike vinegar thank on, you mike on jaunty angles jo- yeah very jaunty and he's put if ever there were two guys that should never be seen in a cap <laughs> I, wear, I wear a cap back to front every day at work because i've got long hair i need to keep it on my face every day i wear a cap how dare you craig turner <laughs> i am jimmy Great podcast and loved the accompanying videos too. The North versus South quiz was good fun, if perhaps a little mean. But what a trip. To quote old Blue Eyes, it's my kind of town. Varcom looked incredible. It goes onto my bucket list to play, along with Pinball Circus, and even rarer upright pinball. Apparently just a couple of those bad boys were manufactured. Glad you made a special mention of the Time Traveller and Holoceum. I saw Sean fly past them in the walk walk around video, and I did take a massive double take. Did Sean really just walk past the Time Traveller and the Holoceum? Yeah. Right, we both played those. I played Time Traveller, and you played Holoceum. Yeah. They didn't seem great games, but they were very clever how they worked. Very clever. Didn't I say on the video, I think the eyes are funny, because I just didn't get the, the hologram effect. It just didn't seem... I got the hologram effect. I thought it was really clever effective it might be my eyes me i got funny eyes boss eyes yeah yeah he says one of the peers in blackpool had a time traveler back in the day and it blew me away it was like seeing the star wars let the wookie win hologram game in the flesh i have been formulating a plan for scratch building one using half dome security mirror i think it should be doable and you should be able to reduce the machine footprint considerably by using a modern flat screen and as time traveler is a laser game it's one of those few classic games that might actually look better on a flat screen anyway anyway 
Very early doors on the project, but watch this space. Uh, thanks Ooh. for another year of podcasting. Have a great Christmas and bring on 2019. If I were you, Jimmy, I'd put your talents to something else because those games weren't worth worrying about that much, honestly. Mm. I think it was more about the technology than the, the oh, game, wasn't absolutely, it? absolutely, yeah. Yeah, big, massive things. Anyway, Cine Steve, top podcast guy. Chicago sounded like a great time. Real shame Alex couldn't make it. Yeah, it really I know, was. I know you like a quiz, Vic, so I thought you'd let you know about the... I'd let you know about the Mega Drive soundtrack quiz I've uploaded on YouTube. Can you guess the tracks? Put a link in there. Please have a great Christmas. Do you know how many... I had a listen. Do you know how many tracks I got? Out of how many? About 10 or 11. Yeah. None. None. Um, None. If it's a, a popular Mega Drive game, I might be able to do it, but there's so many Mega Drive games, so I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have to have a look at that one. Sal. Oh, he's talking about this 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 week's game, Edward Randy. This game is ASS. I presume that's some sort of some sort of acronym for something, or it, it might just be bottom. Awesome, super sexy. Maybe. The music is horrible, the graphics are a complete disaster, and the game is confusing and disjointed. I don't think he meant that, you know, Sean. No. Uh, he played it three times, and I will never, ever play it again. Oh, oh, talking of Sal, I was so bored at work on the last week before Christmas when it was really dragging. I was re-listening to No Quarter episodes. Because so I had them on my pod. On my, I've been using my iPod again, because the sound quality is much better than a phone. And mm. I was listening to... I, I realised I had a load of old... Um, no quarters on there. I wish no quarter would come back. Please come back, guys. If you're listening, please come back. It's so cool. And I was really listening to No Quarter episode nine, which is on Gravatar, and Sal won their poster competition. Wow. Sal likes a podcast, obviously. I think I've listened to I listened to No Quarter up until when it finished and about fifty before, but the early ones I don't think I've heard them. Oh, you need to go back, mate, they're brilliant. Mm. I mean, all, all the hosts on that have been really cool. Yeah, it'd be nice to yeah, have yeah. more back. It would, it would be nice to have all four or maybe even five of them to do one together. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Do you want me to do the next one? Yes, please. We just talked about Sal. Let's talk about Sul. <laughs> Happy Christmas and a mega new year. May Santa bring you all kinds of pew pew shooting jumping arcade goodness. Here's to another year of gaming, and I hope your whip it gets well. Hmm? <laughs> I saw him the other day. Yeah, is he well? Is is yeah, and his whip it. Did he um, came second in our overall challenges, didn't he? Yeah, in the ten pence high school league, he came second. Charlie Farr came first. Obviously, so he, doesn't, he doesn't win the t-shirt, which he had on that t-shirt. Oh. We'll be, we'll be at a Soul one, aren't we? Yeah, we'll get Soul one. Soul, send medium. me a message what size you are, mate, and we'll get you a T-shirt. I've asked him, medium. Cool. But he turned up at the bar the other day, and I wouldn't serve him until he came round to my side of the bar and served somebody else. But he'd... <laughs> Did you pull rank on him? <laughs> he, he didn't do that. You know, I didn't go that far, obviously, because you know, he's not trained in the bar etiquette, and it would have been illegal and all that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Aaron Clark. Hi, Vic and Sean. Just like to say how much I'm enjoying the podcast. I'm a latecomer. I've only just discovered them in Podcast 110. Since then, I've been trying to catch up from the beginning and keep up with the current ones so I can join in with next show's game. Keep up the good work, lads, and I look forward to hearing all the shenanigans from Chicago. I met him. Met him the other day. Lovely guy. Nice. Mark Sharples wants to start a Twitter campaign using hashtag scartblocks for Sean. No, thanks. Yes, please. Please send all your scartblocks to Sean. 
Oh, Charlie, if I gave me a scar block with that Namco Museum all wrapped up, it, wrapped up in bubble wrap, I thought, what's this? Scar block. You went, for God's sake, scar block. <laughs> John Singletary. Oh, shall I read this one out? Yeah. This was on. an email to me that John sent me. He said, not sure if you've seen this, and in brackets, warning, this is dark, even by Black Mirror standards. But the movie is pretty wild. He's speaking about the new Black Mirror episode that aired a few days ago called Bandersnatch. Is it on Netflix? Yes. Netflix oh, exclusive. Yeah. Right. He says, and in one iteration, they trotted out Information Society's trick of hiding modem data in the media. ISOC first CD had modem data on it as a hidden audio track. In this case, the data leads you to a prize, apparently a playable Spectrum game. So what happens in, if you've not seen it yet, I'll try not to give any spoilers away, right? But Bandersnatch was a game being developed for the 8-bit computers, especially the Spectrum, in the 80s. I believe, from my dredging my mind, it was an ultimate game. Imagine. Imagine software. It was Imagine, was it? Yeah. Okay, and it was supposed to be like a long, sprawling adventure game. And a few years ago, I think they found some five-and-a-quarter-inch disc with some information, some source code on, but it was never finished. But Bandersnatch was always being heralded in the, the the magazines at the time as the next best thing. We're waiting for Bandersnatch. We've seen demos of it. It's going to be really cool. Everyone's waiting for it. It's going to be a million percent brilliant. And it never came out. So it's been sort of a it's been sort of a sort of a vaporware, I suppose, old eight bit vaporware. And Charlie Brooker, who does the excellent Black Mirror, he's also a massive video game nerd himself, has done this ga- this this new Black Mirror, and they're quite sort of frightening dystopian stories usually. And it's a really good one. But this new one is on Netflix. It's an interactive film. So if you imagine the old choose-your-own-adventure books, it comes to little crossings in, in the in the video where you, the bottom comes up and you've got two choices. Wow. And you can, you can yeah. change how the film... And there's different endings. And apparently there's like a trillion or a, a gazillion different ways you can watch the programme. You can do different gates to you know different sort of sections and turnings in it. And it's, it's quite dark. You imagine it's going to be dark. It's adult-orientated, so don't let your kids watch it, for goodness sake. And it's really, really cool. And there's one bit, and there's an Easter egg in it, and, and there's one bit where the, the lad in the thing puts a cassette into his Walkman called Bandersnatch, and he's listening to it on his headphones, and you can hear this noise, like a screeching noise. And mm. I was talking to someone last night at a little party I went to, and they were talking about it, and I said to them... Oh, I bet you, knowing Charlie Brooker, how clever he is, I bet you, if you record that sound and put it into a spectrum, I bet you it will play, it will give you a message or something. And apparently what happens is you it, you do that. And the reason I found out is like five minutes after I'd said that to someone, I looked at my phone and it was an email from John, John Singletary, and it said how you do it. And I was reading through it and I was looking, I was showing um, one of the girls there about it. So look, this is exactly what I said. And what you do is you download this music and you can play it on an emulator or even a real spectrum. And they did this back in the day on the BBC computer. The BBC actually broadcast some noise. If you recorded it and put it on a tape and then put it into your BBC computer, you can actually play a demo or something. Mm, And that's what Charlie's done here with the Black Mirror team. And when you you load it into your spectrum, because it's only a really short piece of noise, because you couldn't put the noise on for like three minutes, how long a a game would take to load. But what you do is you put it in and it, it prints a QR code on your computer screen, on your on your ZX Spectrum computer screen. If you then mm. scan the QR code, you can download full game. And in 
in the actual program, there's a game on the screen this guy's made called Nosedive, which is actually heralding back to another Black Mirror episode called Nosedive. And it's like a game where you jump off this thing and you've got to like sort of nosedive down and hit things as you're going down this big, long tunnel. And you can actually play that on your Spectrum. You can actually download the game. Wow. And John told Clever. me all how to do it properly, the quick way of doing it, rather than watching it through and find it. You can actually do it in a quick way. But how clever is that? Charlie Very Parker is clever. a bit of a genius. I like Charlie's stuff. His write-ins and his TV programs and his writings really, really cool. I've only watched three or four of them Black Mirrors, and every one of them has been very memorable and really well done. The the first one with the Prime Minister and the pig, that just you're never going to forget that, are you? No, and then four years later, it sort of happened. <laughs> He's a bit of a visionary, old Charlie. Um, I've, I've, I've tried to get him um, to come on the podcast because he was massively into games. He used to work in a CX years ago. He used to write for computer magazines, gaming magazines. He's always been a bit of a gamer nerd. I know he's got some pinballs because I've heard him on another past podcast talking about his pinballs. So if anyone knows Charlie Brooker or can get in contact with him, send him con- contact with us. I'd love to talk to him about games because he used to he used to sell PCBs for, for arcade games in, in the CX he worked at when he was younger. Wow. Yeah, and they, remember, have you watched San Junipero? The episode called San Junipero? Yes. Yeah. Have, That's yeah. the one that James RGP supplied some machines for, for the filming of it. Yeah. And that is that is most people's favourite because it's quite a positive one, whereas a lot of them mm. are very, very dark and negative. But that one's a really positive one. And they're all, I've seen all of them. They're all absolutely brilliant. Really, really good. And this Bandersnatch episode, the interactive one, it does have callbacks to his other shows and you see like different things in the background and little callbacks and it's really really clever so thank you john for the email it was brilliant thank you awesome that we have a really good tweet here from buller tempe withdrawals that he's saying because he hasn't we haven't done a podcast for two weeks had a break and he said the withdrawals prompted me to re-listen to the top 50 arcade games episode which prompted my top five 10 pence picks of 2018 and the top three most wanted listener picks of 2019 what say you so he's put on his top five picks for 2018 that we've played he liked r-type donkey kong jr ghouls and ghosts truxton 2 baloo balook and what he wants for this year is rastan saga seven whoa i think seven's on the cards vic and rainbow islands okay there's been a been a few other replies to this ian cullen he likes also always put number one baloo balook number two strikers 1945 three aliens spatter and next x's <laughs> and he wants Mr. Do and Mr. Do's Castle, mm. Car- Carnival, mm. and Game Game Ten Goku, Game Paradise. That's a shooter, isn't it? That's a vertical shooter. Well, mm. uh, just about anything is possible. Yeah. Well, and, and Charlie Fars picks. I don't think they're in any particular order. Uh, Trucks in two, Raiden, Exodexes, Spatter, and Ms. Pac-Man Speed Up. So three of those are shooters, and two of them are sort of maze games. And Charlie's also added a worse than Peter Packrat category, Edward Randy. Oh, Edward. You know why he's doing that, don't you? Because he's trying to get out of it because he was the one who picked Peter Packrat. Charlie Farr, all of us, Sean, myself, Alex, the previous host, all the listeners, everyone on Twitter are never going to forgive you for Peter Packrat, ever. (laughs) That was a pathetic attempt to try and get Edward Randy past the Peter Packrat category. It's not going to happen. Edward Randy's father. Shame on you. Anyway, Neil twenty to five likes R type, Ghouls and Ghosts, Bubble Bubble, Spatter again, Strikers nineteen forty five, Frey. Cool. So I've I've thought of my top five that we played in twenty eighteen. Go on. 
and you're going to love these. Truxton 2, these are not in any order, by the way. Spatter, that is my find of the year, that. Oh, yeah. Ali- Aliens, which I was very, very impressed with. I don't, I don't care they're purple and pink. <laughs> Miss Pac-Man Speeder, which I, was re- I really liked. I was impressed with that. Mm. And Strikers 1945-3. A lot of those, not surprising for you. Because mm. you can't be trusted to have a decent game. You cannot be trusted, son. <laughs> uh, my top five, I just quickly wrote these down. I had to quickly look through what we played in 2018, because I always forget. And mm. Baloo Balook, which is my sort of find of the year. Raiden, because I love Raiden, loved it for a long time. R-Type, because I'd never really given R-Type much thought or play. I knew it was, I knew it looked good and everything. I knew it had a really massive following. And I always played it just for a few seconds. But when we actually played it properly, I really enjoyed it. And that's another game I bought on the Switch. I bought R-Type Dimensions. And it's got R-Type 1, 1 and 2 with remixed music and remixed graphics. And you can change between old 16-bit graphics and the new fancy sort of half 3D graphics on the fly. And Ooh. it's absolutely lovely. Um, Spatter, which was your pick of the year, which I found a really fun little game. And Donkey Kong Jr., because I've always loved Donkey Kong Jr., it's just another reason to play it, really. Good that looking. One back, more thing I'd it? like to mention, and that's just about all of our, our our feedback talk anyway. One thing I'm going to mention. One thing we are going to do different this year, and we're adamant we're going to do this. We're going to do some slightly odder games this year. Now and again, not all the time, but we're going to do some games that not maybe not everyone can play at home. So we're talking about games that have got unique controls. So when we do do a game that's got, that uses unique controls, say, for instance, we do Robotron, which is a two-joystick game, right? Mm. Not everyone has got two joysticks at home they can use for it or, or a cabinet with two joysticks on, and it would be very difficult playing the keyboard with you know two sets of controls, very difficult. So what we're going to do is you and I will play the games because you can play them at Arcade Club, and I will probably make my own controllers at home or use a cabinet because I've got a few cabinets or whatever. Maybe we're playing a spinner game. Maybe we're playing a trackball game, whatever. Or maybe a combination of the two or three together. So what we'll do on those weeks is we'll choose the game because we're going to miss so many criminally underlooked games if we don't do them. If we just do joystick and button game, we're going to miss so many out. So that week we do them, we'll do them and we'll review them and we'll play them. And you and I will do a little challenge where we try and beat each other's scores and anyone else who wants to try and have a go, who can go to Arcade Club, go to the local arcade, play it on their own cabinets, whatever, can join in. But we won't use those scores for the overall yearly challenge because that would be unfair to other people who can't play them. And what we might do, possibly, is either don't use that week for the challenge or we'll choose another game we'll review as well that everyone can play, a normal standard joystick buttons game. And for that episode... Instead of doing all the news, the feedback, all these extra segments we do, we'll just do reviews on the game. We'll do two full reviews on the game, possibly. So if you want us to do the game and the normal podcast and then not take on those scores for that particular special game, tell us about it. And if you want us to do two games where you can do a high-score challenge and play the other game, possibly, and us just review the two games and make a podcast sort of the same amount of time... Tell us what you prefer, because I think that would be a good idea. But change the, the podcast a little bit. It won't be every week we do an odd game. It'll just be once in a while. And it depends what we're going to do as well. But we need to do some of these games, like, like Robotron, because it's a brilliant game. Maybe Arkanoid with a, with a spinner, or Breakout yeah, or something. Or, cause we we played, do need to cover them. Because when, we, when we were at the arcade, when we were at the Galloping Ghost, we played 
some really odd-looking games. So we played uh, Omega Race, which is a spinner and two buttons. And you can mm. play it on on a joystick. You can go left and right with a joystick and the two buttons. It's quite easy to play. Or two buttons, left and right, and the joystick. It's not quite as good, but you can play it and get a good score, I reckon. So I'd have a go of it, and you can do it. And stuff like Crater Raider. That's a good game. Which, that, is, yeah. which is a weird flight stick with two buttons on it and a spinner. So you can't really play that at home. It's a weird game. And there's no arcades, as far as I know, in the UK have got that game. So it would be very difficult to play unless you made up a controller and stuff. But I'm, I'm willing to do that to, to review the games. And I love that game. And, you know, it's going to be some weird games like that. You know, Alex and I did Rescue years ago, which is a two joystick game. And I've got a cabinet to play it on. And that was before all the listeners get came in on playing the games with us and getting scores with us and having a bit of a challenge. So it was okay back then. But now, I think if we play Robotron, people will find a way of playing Robotron because it's such a co- common game. You could play it on an Xbox controller, maybe, with two analog sticks or whatever. So there are ways yeah, of playing it. Not work, perfect ways of playing it, but you can play it and you'll be able to get a score. And I bet people will get scores much better than ours just with a, a control pad than we do on the proper hardware. I bet you. You're not there like our players. <laughs> You know the Crater Raider? Yeah. At Galloping Ghost, it had a magnified screen. Yes, didn't it? very odd-looking thing, wasn't it? I was just wondering how many more games did that. I, I saw another one. I think it was another Midway game that had the same screen. Was it? Oh, what Cosmic, was the other one? Cosmic, Cosmic Cruiser have a weird screen like that. Yes, that was it. That was it. And also, I wonder if there was any more like that. Namco's Starblade. But that had uh, a weird... It's almost like a Fresnel lens. It makes the screen look bigger than it actually is. Oh, I can't remember what it is. I'll probably remember it later on. I'll get the corrections robot in on the case. I've already said it. I got your back. Such a good game, though. It's a really nice game. It uses um, PlayStation hardware to play it. But yeah, some of those old games... I mean, with screens, it doesn't really matter about it. It's just the unique controls that's going to be the problem. But we, we need to cover these games. So we, we yeah, do we can need talk to get on about them. We can talk about them at least, yeah, can't we? Yeah, it's well, just, it well, would be unfair to have us getting a score and no one else can get a score and then putting it into the, the yearly score averages. We won't do that. We'll do something else. But we're going to be covering a few odder games, out there games. Definitely. What we, what we could do, we could have our own little score section where we can cover the games and the, the listeners perhaps can't get to the real hardware and we could give ourselves 10 points and nine points each time and we'll have a very good chance of winning the 10 pence high score league of 2019 i like your thoughts skullduggery friendly shout outs right i'm going to give a shout out to lewis Batke for fixing my pie to jammer which wasn't all that broken i don't think he's done a great job though of reconfiguring everything so i plugged it i took i took the groovy arcade out of my cab plugged in this and it works fine it works brilliant and it's a good backup in ever, in case my groovy arcade did he spread some crab paste on it crab no yeah, crab, paste. crab paste on a connector what are you thinking it's oh. a blueberry preserve Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Pi. Yeah, so I thought something, something else. Silly me. Mm. And also, I'll give a shout out to all the children of the pens. <laughs> say, say it properly. Children of the pens. Uh, the cult of the pens who wish just Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Loads of thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, lasses. And to all the 10 pence high score league players who played this year. It's been great. Do you know what? What? Every year we've had more players, so I think we've cool. done it for three, three, four years. We're up to 131 separate players putting oh, wow. in 
Cool. Over over almost 900 scores. That's probably like double that, but that was their final score. So it's, it makes it really good. It's a great community, and, I'm, and I'm, I like it. Like it. Man. Nice one, people. Uh, for me, Martin, Laws, and all the usual SAF locals at the Smarty meeting last Sunday. All the listeners from last year and followers of the, us on social media stuff, thank you. Uh, never had a troll on social media, apart from our pet tronads, of course. Uh, so everyone's always been full of praise and good ideas, making social media positive. Thank you. Yay! And I'll give one more shout-out to a new pod... Not a new podcast, a new YouTube series that's come out from a, a place called Gears of Games. One of the Australian guys, Daz, from Arcade Perfect, he said, would you mind photographing the side and the front of a ghost and goblins cab and i said well, i don't think there is one at arcade club there's only the marquee it's in a goliath so there's only the marquee yeah so when we were trotting around america i found a really beautiful one at pixel blast oh wasn't it just i took a photo of that and uh-huh. it's included in this video and this video is like the history of ghosts and goblins it's a 32 minute video but the detail and research this guy's done on it is is amazing. It's really well done. Yeah, I watched most of that. It's really cool. It's worth watching all the way through. So we put a link in. It's it's called Let's Go to the Arcade, Episode 1, Ghosts and Goblins. In brackets, Check good to watch out. in the bath. Check that out, kids. Mm. Favorite games by year. Right, we're getting very close. One more next show, and that's it done for this section. 1999. Battle Backray by Ita. Eating? Uh, vertical mm. Schmup Goodness. Do you like that one, Sean? I love it. Battle Backray. Coronation Street Quiz Game by JPM. Oh, Ken. I have no idea what I'm doing. It was on my main list. Sorry about that. <laughs> Crazy Taxi by Sega. A mega pick em up and drive em up game. Ooh. And I tell you what I found going through, well, not going through MAME, going through gaming history, arcadehistory.com. Sivan Plus, right? Plus, they, so, a plus version. So the release previous year, yeah. they did a Sivan Plus, the dragon weapons, not emulated in MAME. Oh. It says. This is a special version. Some features of this include modifications the player can make to the dragons, energy meters for the bosses, multiple endings, increased firepower, and a smaller hitbox, which is what Batsugun did when they did Batsugun Special Edition. Oh, really? So this is not emulated in MAME yet? No. Oh, what a shame, because we could have done that as one of our odd ones, because people could still play it, but it's a bit of an odd version of it. I reckon... When they do a plus or something like this, I think the original game plays found too hard. So yeah. they've sort of sort of honed it a bit and then released it again. But I bet it was a very small release. Especially for the Western audiences, because the Japanese usually like their games more difficult, don't they? Especially the good yeah. game players. Yeah. So F Ferrari F three five five challenge, Sega came out this year. This was the three screen screen Naomi Driver. A massive cab. I think it's got Four Naomi units in it, one for each screen and one con- to control the whole game. It's insane. Yep. Uh, Gaia Crusaders, this is for a company called Noise Factory. This is a really nice looking fight and go right in the same kind of 2.5D Golden Axe kind of graphics kind of way. Looks really cool. You play a, a girl in it, a girl warrior, and it's really cool looking game. There's loads of them games, and I think this is very yeah. late for those one type of, ge- them type of yeah, games. Yeah, but they do from- them really nicely. 
from like Golden Axe 88 up until about like 95, 96. I bet there's hundreds of those type of games. There was a, a two-screen game I played at the Galloping Ghost. I can't recall the name of it, but it was like the third in the Rastan Saga games. And that was a fight and go right, and it was really cool. I got, I got, I think I got like number three high score on it. Just played it, and it just my first go, and got because it was quite an easy game to play. But it was quite fun, and having the two screens was quite different as well. It's awesome little game. Yeah, Nastar, not not Nastar, maybe I don't know. It was something, but it was the third one, which doesn't get talked about much. Uh, another game, Garu, Mark of the Wolves from SNK on the MVS hardware, hugely respected Neo Geo fighter, one of the best in that, those areas. Uh, Gauntlet Dark Legacy were midway. A nice new sequel to the original Gauntlet games. I really like these sort of 3D versions of Gauntlet. I, I loved them on the Dreamcast. They were a massive hit on the Dreamcast. Really cool games. Another mm. one for you here. Gigawing from Takumi with a Capcom license. This was the start of the gazillion point bullet hells. Mark Happy Dude has been campaigning us for years to do this. And I said... At the next, when I when we next pick a vert, when I pick a next vertical shoot 'em up, I'm going to pick Giga Wing. So it's on oh, really? the next time. I, next time I can fit a vertical shoot 'em up without you swearing too much, I'll mm. put Giga Wing. I'm not looking forward <laughs> to that game at all. I do not like it. Uh, another <laughs> talking about vertical games. This is a really good one. Goanga by Cave. This is my favourite Cave game. I'll come to the decisions. My favourite Cave game. Awesome feudal Japan bullet hell multi scrolling schmuck with some really interesting mechanics in it. Nice hyper bishy bashy champ from Konami. Uh, two player mad mini games button bashing frenzied fun. It's a silly game, but it's a lot of fun. This one, yeah, there was a I think there was a one player or four player release before this. Okay, uh, Knights of Valor. This is a there's three versions of this game released in the same year from IGS, which was the PGM hardware. Kind of like uh, MVS type with the cartridges, but yeah. slightly higher end hardware inside. This is another nice Feudal Japan fight and go right game. Looks really smooth. Lovely graphics on this one. Have you seen Dynasty Warriors? Wait, wait, it's like Golden Axe on a horse. That That's really cool. Yeah, that's quite clever, that one. I think there's two yeah. of those. Uh, Metal Slug X. This is one we covered a little while ago. This is another SNK MVS hardware game, Neo Geo. Awesome remix. No, we did five, didn't we? Not X, we did five. Uh, no, we did X. Did we? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's the one then. Uh, awesome remix of some other of the earlier Metal Slug games, one and two. Right, this is such a cool game. Classic. Mr. Driller from Namco, came out in 1999. Awesome cutesy digging game. All the Driller games are brilliant. This was the first of them. Samba de Amigo from Sega. This is a Maraca game. I've never played this. In the arcade, or even on the Dreamcast, it was a huge hit on the Dreamcast because you actually got a little mat to stand on with maracas. So they used like a sensor. <laughs> it was a really cool little game, but I never, ever played it. It's on, we've done it at the Batcave. Oh, really cool. good fun. Oh, and right. we, we wore like ponchos and like... Oh, that would have been cool a, a for big a opportunity. And maracas. Yeah, it was great, yeah. That sounds really good fun. There is photos of me on the internet somewhere wearing ponchos with maracas. Talking of fun novelty games, Point Blank 2 from Namco again. Another big gun game. Huge gun game, this one. Very popular. Gun Bolito. Gun Bolito 2. That's my Japanese. Nice. Not great. Pump It Up, the first dance floor. This is Andamira, which is their their take on the dance DDR games. And they're still going now. So these, these two are the biggest put your foot on the floor and stamp really well games. That's the charm of it. 
Yeah. So there's Pump It Up and DDR. This is the first one, and there's been there's been uh, probably at least twenty. I don't know. There are loads, and they're still going. Really popular. So this is very popular in the arcade all the time. Silent Scope Konami. Really? Yeah. It just gets endless play. It's people just like aiming down the sights of a rifle. It's like Big Buck Hunter without the cruelty. But you're just shooting people instead. Yeah. At least it's not um, animals. Yeah. This came up in the Dreamcast. I ignored it totally. Uh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Capcom. Personally, the best ever Street Fighter. I really love the soundtrack. I love the art style. I love the fighting style of it. I'm not technically minded when it comes to fighting games, but I really like Third Strike. It's such a good game. I like Street Fighter the movie. Played it at the Ghost. Oh, dreadful, I, isn't it? I... I was Danny Minogue, not Danny Minogue, Kylie Minogue and Jean-Claude Van Damme, the git, kicked my ass. Oh, dear. Uh, Strider 2 from Capcom, follow-up to the popular Strider. Why? Why was there Strider in the first place and why was it followed up? <laughs> That's I, great. Yeah. I don't understand why Strider is such a popular game. It doesn't look... It looks like it's crashed when you play it. The graphics look weird. The thing you fire out looks glitched. It doesn't look right. It's. I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, this is the one for you Strikers 1945 number 3 and Plus from Sikio. Uh I put bollocks plain rubbish that Holly adores do, that's, I do that's adore fair it. enough isn't it that is fair enough yeah uh, Tekken Tag Tournament from Namco hugely popular Tekken sequel you can play a geezer with a leopard head you can also play as me like oh you're bold, in it aren't you you're, you're what's his name Old guy with a with a white beard. That's him, Sean Holly. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, I am in it. Virtual Tennis One and Two came out in the same year from Sega on the on the Naomi hardware. Very popular and playable tennis games on the Naomi system. Nice. <laughs> if you if you go to buy a Naomi cabinet, a Universal cabinet, and it's still got Naomi hardware in it, there's nine chances out of ten it's going to have Virtual Tennis in it. Yeah, it's definitely. Good though. They're good games. Yeah, they're not bad at all. They're pretty good. And here's an odd one for you I found. I'd never seen before. Final Fight Revenge from Capcom. This uses STV hardware. It's a one-on-one fighter using the characters from Final Fight. It's got blocky shaded polygons, and I never knew this game existed until now. It hardly has anything to do with Final Fight. Yeah, I've heard of it, but never played it. Mm. So what would be your pick out of all those ones we just spoke about? I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Oh, Actually, it's very close between... Battle Back Raid and Strikers 1945. But just going back to them both this morning, just a quick play, I think Back Raid wins it, Battle Back Raid, because it's just a bit more accessible, I think. And, I think Battle Back Raid. And it's not a horrible Sikio game like the other one is. Sikio rules. Oh, rotten. Rotten. Sikio and Toa plan gods. Gods, no. both of them. My favourite, can you guess what my favourite is? Because I haven't wrote it on the notes. What do you reckon my favourite is? I would put £1.78 on Mr. Driller. If I were you, I'd bet more than that. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Driller, you know me so well, Sean. I love Mr. Driller. And close to Mr. Driller, eh, I don't know, really. That is, out of all of them, yeah, Mr. Driller takes it. Or Goanga. But Mr. Driller, definitely. I love Mr. I've put so many hours into Mr. Driller. I love playing it. My wife is the unofficial world champion at it. She beat the record that time when we reviewed it. I played it on the Dreamcast before he had it on an arcade hardware. I've got the arcade hardware of Mr. Driller 1, 2, and G, because Mr. Driller G came out as well. Absolutely love that game. And I'm going to put Mr. Driller back in my cabinet soon and play it, because I love it. So cool. Right, sir. 
Arcade Master Quiz. I've got a quiz for you. It's in my back pocket. Just a minute. Oh, can you read it's it? Not been, it's not been in there since the flight to America, has it? No, it's been in my wallet since then. I right can then. read it. I can you, read it. I saw it. You've got an undisclosed amount of time because we don't bother timing it anymore, but I want you to answer them quickly so there's no gaps in the, in the podcast. Okay. Right. This is quiz 123. Not 120, 123. Ready? No. Number one. Name a bootleg name for Amidar. Gives a clue. Begins with A. Oh, God. Boom. Go on. Amigo. Oh, pants. No, not pants. Amigo. Number two. What did Williams call their rounded plastic cabinets? Duramold. Yes. Number three. How many chefs chase you on Atari's food fight? Three. No, four. Number four. Who developed kangaroo for Atari? Sunsoft. Mm, not quite. Sun Electronics. Yes. Number two. <laughs> Number five. What do you control in Nintendo's Helifire? Heli. Helicop- helicopter. No, submarine. Helifire. Oh, he's... You shoot up. I oh, served yeah. you a bum steer then. Number you shoot six. up, yeah. Number pants. six. What are the largest enemies to kill in Atari's Gauntlet 2? Gauntlet 2. Death. Do you want to have another guess? Gauntlets. <laughs> dragons! There's big dragons oh. in Gauntlet 2. I don't know that. You're doing good on two points out of six so far. Number Next. seven. What manufacturer made Renegade in the arcade? Technos. Yes. Three points. Number eight. What weather variations are there in Skykid Deluxe over Skykid? Rain. No. Snow. I've no. never played Skykid Deluxe because well, the should. first one. It's brilliant. The first one's rubbish. Sure. Yeah. Oh, my chin. Number nine. What was the background colour on Atari's first sprint game? Green. Sake. It's it a black, be black. It's a black and white game, Sean. I thought that was a trick question. No, grey. Oh, there's a trick then. Mix black and white, you can get grey, you fool. Oh, you do that one again. Last one. Right. What game copied Atari's Avalanche on the 2600? Kaboom. Yes, four out of ten. Rubbish. Yes, 98%. Let, just because it's you, well done getting four. That's probably one of your yes. best scores ever. Not bad. Oh, okay. Feature game review. This is the featured game review. Now, because everyone hated this game so hard, and most of us didn't play that much of it, I've had to really embellish bits of the podcast to make this sound good. The game is Cliffhanger Edward Randy. Do I make you Randy? It's from 1990. Data East. It runs on Caveman Ninja hardware, which is a 68,000 base CPU running at 12 megahertz. Sean, 12! Wow, that's a megahertz. lot of megahertz. That's a lot of megahertz. It is, actually, for these classic games. It uses an 8-way joystick and two buttons. One for your walnut whip, and the other one for jump. Right, this is how you play the game. The game is set in the 1930s and takes huge influences from the Indiana Jones films. There is some bad dude called Dark Ogre. All right, mate. Less of a sinister name and you weirdo. He's got some ancient scientists working on a naughty weapon of mass destruction. 
the old get gives a shiny stone to his granddaughter for some weird reason, and this girl takes up refuge in Eddie Randy's gaff, and now he's involved. <laughs> don't, don't you hate it when that happens? Take yeah. your eight-way joystick and whip and kick baddies' bottoms off of planes, trains, and automobiles. Or actually just planes and boats. They're all while in motion. Dangerous. Don't try this at home, kids. You can whip in all eight directions. Pressing jump and then holding the joystick diagonal downwards makes you slide, while pressing the button and diagonally up makes you run to the left or right, which is a really weird control method. Mm. While jumping into the air, you pull down on the stick and you can stomp on enemies Super Mario style but not as cool as the red and blue plumber. You can also attach your whip to stuff and spin around it, but only up to four times, kicking stuff out of your way while doing so. There are That's seven cool. levels in all, uh, all on moving vehicles, which seem to take to make the game a bit too busy. You don't have lives in this game as such, but you lose points when you get hit until no points remain, then you will lose a game. Your point total is the highest set of points you've had at any one distance in the game, which is a stupid method of scoring. No idea how the highest score in the high score table could be achieved over 500,000 points. I've no idea yes. how you do that. So your energy and your score are linked. Yes. And you can, I think you can finish level two, like getting on for it. A lot of our players got around the 20,000 mark. You get, I think you get 5,000 points for finishing level one, 10 for level two. I never got to level three. It's probably 15 or 20,000 points. So I was getting like, say, 20,000-ish at the end of level two. Yeah. And then you get into level three and it gets more difficult and you lose your points, go down to zero. Yeah. But it, that score that you got there. Yeah, it remembers the my... highest point you got to. And that's your yeah, overall I... score at the end of the game. You don't see it until you put your name in at the end. It's very strange. Yeah, it is. So, level one is a side-on view of you on a speedboat. Evil soldiers attack you from boats and other vehicles. The level moves onto a camera face-on view with loads of identical houses scrolling by on both sides. Loads of blocky pseudo-3D going on, but not to very good effect. Oh, it's quite good. It, well, for the hardware, it's not bad, actually. There's no, there's no specialist scaling hardware in it. So, more baddies flying, jet skiing in to kick you in the plums, whip them good like an angel delight... You then go back to the side-on view, and I notice there's a girl driving the boat. Maybe it's the daft old scientist's daughter, Mabel, or whatever her name was. Jump on and off your boat to do maximum whippage. You then pass a large bridge with an evil train travelling along it. The big baddie boss, Mr. Dave Ogre, swoops in like a swoopy thing and grabs poor old Mabel and whisks her away, probably on a crap date to a McDonald's or something, I don't know. Jump onto the train and whip out gun emplacements and baddie soldiers. Get to the end and Mr. Baddie Ogre Geezer swaps the lady for the prism thing that was in your pocket when you've duffed him up a bit. When you do this, you, this level, you get a nice cinematic sepia-style picture with a message that says, Nice guts. Here's a quiz for you. Go. What, what other game says guts when you finish a level? Kicker. Oh, you would know that, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's yeah, one sorry. of my favourite games, you fool. Damn it! Minus one point, Holly. Oh! Uh, and it says try the next adventure. They really have made out that the game to be like scenes in a film, like an old movie. Mm, uh, good, which good is a, idea, that. A bit ambitious for this game. Good right, idea. Level, level two is on a crappy old car with a camera view in front. From in front. I'm not sure Mr. Randy has full control over this jalopy. Whilst whipping gutter snipes and nerdy wells who pop up from planes, motorbikes, and sidecars. You know, standard stuff on the M25. You progress <laughs> along the long road, doing massive jumps of a crappy 3D effects, and you realise you've been tailed by a big-ass tanky thing. Uh-oh. You now drive through a rock fall, question marks, not sure why rocks would fall on your head. You dodge rocks and whip them if you press, if you press jump, 
your car does like a sideways wheelie type move. And to be honest with you, this is where I got bored of this game and gave up a bit. Ridiculous car antics didn't help my interest levels. Whip the tank and try not to go under it when it extends its inspector gadget type robot undercarriage. Yes, it's that silly. You can use that sideways wheelie thing to to block. You, know, the, you get the guys on the sidecars and motorcycles because they shoot at you from, from yeah. the side. And you can move. You can yeah, crush I was, I was knocking inside. them off the side of the road and you, you kill them off for doing that. But I think it goes on its side on two wheels for too long. You want to come back down so you can get moving again. It's, it's a bit silly. Everyone's gone mad at this game. So level three, keep on trucking. You are now jumping around on a head-on view of a truck. If you come off the truck, you're actually running at the same speed as the traffic. <laughs> Jesus. Whip airborne goons, biker goons, jump between trucks, etc. And guess what turns up as a boss? Monster bulldozer. A monster bulldozer. It's obviously yeah. bored of dozing bulls, right? So as I go around, Randy Eddie dozing instead. Make sure you let Eddie land on the ground to see the hilarious animation of him running. He runs like an idiot. Something wrong with it's him. Good. It's like Japanese anime running animation. Yeah, that. it's silly. Daft going on. Level four is an odd platforming level with a camera progressing upwards. You get the usual baddies mithering you, lobbing grenades, stuff at you, you know, pot plants, all that kind of thing. Not pot plants. Oddly, a big pair of orange robot hands keep having a go at you. Not sure what's attached to these weird pincy hands. Keep progressing upwards. Reminds me of one of the levels in Metal Slug, but I think Metal Slug games came later than this. Yeah. You get to the top and find a crane is suspending a baddie robot heed, which looks a lot like Bruce Forsyth. Nice to see you, to see you! Brucey lobs all sorts of elastic trickery projectiles at you. Different coloured fireballs and chocolate eclairs. Hmm? Keep whipping it right in face until it blows up. Have it, you slag! <laughs> level five. Biplanes a go-go. This Le- is a clever level. Very clever. It's nonsense, though. Leaping around nonsense. on biplanes, kicking fantasy Nazi soldiers until old Brucey McRobothead returns. This time, he's got his hands attached and they keep grabbing your plane. Whip him into a frenzy and your flowing mobile um, flies off in, up into the clouds to level six. But Whoa. You're, you're in mid-air, jumping from biplane to biplane, which is nonsense. I mean, even in video, ne- game, video game physics, that's mad. Have you never done that? No. It seems a tad dangerous. I've done that. Well, oh, you're, oh. you're a dangerous man. Last Sunday, flying over Bolton, a couple of biplanes. It was a great laugh. <laughs> How'd you do? Level mm. six, Sean. Those magnificent goons in their flying machines. Same old, same old. This time it rains It rains, and Nazi ninjas keep jumping onto your plane. A big blimpy thing flies in to ruin your day. It has a pinchy arm and a drilly arm. No, really, it does. On <laughs> comedy ball joint flappy arm things. When you knock its stupid arms off, a geezer pops out the top of it with a can of hairspray, silver crin, I think, and a Bunsen burner. He has a go at singeing our hero, but then he whips the metal flying machine, armoured machine, until it blows up and old Vincent Van Bad Guy falls out of the flappy flying thing. Nice guts, dude. Guts. Level seven. Face off with Bobby the Bad Guy. Note, his energy level, because when you, when you fight the baddies at the end of each level, they start at like a few thousand or whatever, this guy's energy level starts at 82 and a three-quarter million points. Honestly, mm. I looked at it on the video. Silly. 
especially since the Brucey robot head started at 525,000 before you whipped his big chin into oblivion. Giving the big cheese a good fisting and whipping while avoiding his daggers and the plane you're fighting on the wings of keeps doing bloody barrel rolls. You've got to jump off and land on it again. When you finally mess him up good, you actually slice him in two. But he still has about 3 million health points left over, so more question marks there. Typically, each time you hit him and a hit delivers onto him, he loses about 2 to 3 million power points. And I think the six-year-old designer of this game just really likes big <laughs> numbers. It's like a kid's gone, no, give him 82 and 3 quarter million health points. It's stupid, really silly. So this is what it says when you do the game. The plane crashed down onto the armoured vessel. That was finally the end of him. Returning home where Charlotte awaited me, I kept feeling I'd forgotten something. And then, I'll post this picture on the website. It's a girl cuffing our hero under chops, while another girl looks on. Because this is your girlfriend. There's a story about your girlfriend. And then the scientist's daughter comes in and you help her out. So you leave your girlfriend in the lurch. And it says, well... To make a long story short, the adventures ended with the memory of Charlotte's smiling face and Jennifer's red hand mark on my left cheek. She gives him a slap. Oh. Gives him a slap. Bit of do as you're told. Because <laughs> what have you been doing this afternoon, love? Well, I've been jumping across biplanes. No, you haven't. You've been messing around with her. Slap. Got a smack from the missus. He was supposed to be taking her out on a date, not asking about whips and Nazi baddies. So that's how the game ends, with a really clowny, silly thing. The game is bonkers. It's absolutely mental. And I presume it's quite a rare game as well. That's why Doc chose it, because he's probably got it in a galloping ghost. So, tips Ooh. and secrets of this game. None, really. Just bash the bejesus out of all the baddies and keep your score above zero. That's all I can say. Yeah, I button-bashed it and got quite a good score. You can, yeah, you build at your points. You can take a hell of a lot of hits before you die, but you end up with no points. Yeah, but you've, so. got to, you've got to get your points back up to that rate and then further on to get a higher score. Yeah. So the graphics and sound of this game, they're nicely stylized with the movie theme, I think. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah. But the game was just too busy and the fast-moving animation was very poor, jerky and repetitive. So when you've got the 3D bits with the houses going past, it's like a kid's done it at school on, on animation. It's just the same house going past all the time. Not even like three different houses looped. It's all the same house or it's all the same texture of war going past all the time. And it's just it's just really poor. But I didn't notice that. I thought it was all right. Doing it on that hardware with no extra 3D hardware is quite impressive for the for the time, for the date. But it just doesn't look very good. They should have just done something different. It's not very good. This is all in 1990s, well, I remember. This hardware didn't have access to the 3D scaling stuff like a bunch of the Sega games from the mid-80s, like, you know, Space Harrier and Outrun and Afterburner and all those kind of games. So it's it's doing quite well on, on you know, a very simple platform on a 68,000 processor. Sound was really good, I thought. I really enjoyed the sound. It's very dramatic in line with the movie styling. Yeah, yeah. Sounds cool. Cabinet art, none, I presume. Presumably a kit. The marquee does exist. And the Galloping Ghosts have got a cabinet made up for Eddie Randy. Uh, the fly art is really nice. Probably too nice for the game, actually. Nicely styled. <laughs> there is a playthrough, which we'll link to on the show notes as well. So you can watch someone playing it all the way through. Uh, ports, sequels, and legacy, none. Although I did read it was going to be made for the Saturn, but wasn't. The same article I was reading also mentioned a port for the Spectrum. The ZX Spectrum. Oh dear, luckily that was never made. It would have been awful. 
Now, one weird thing about this game, right? I was playing the wrong ROM version of this to start with. I thought it was really, really, really difficult. Because the game I was playing doesn't start you on the boat level. It starts you on the biplanes level. When, when the, the, the robot comes out of, the, uh, of the, the waterfall with his hands and tries to get you, which is like level five or so. So obviously other versions have got a start on different levels. And then when I found out it was the correct version, I got way further in the game. Way further. Mm. So hopefully no one else is playing the wrong version. I did find out eventually. Some scoring here. Let's start at the bottom and go upwards, shall we? Yes. 8-Bit Ash, 4496. I managed to get one go in, had no idea what was going on, but it did look nice. And a horse, one of the, the stable of horses. Five, oh, stable. 5,550. Kean horse, 5846. Chris Mooncrest, a bootleg. Very poor, Chris. Come on. 6,016. That is the only score from me, I think. The game is just utter gash. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Sharples, what no gravy on... Twitter, 6550, shit game, bizarre scoring system, not that much fun. Mark, family show. Come on, swears. Neil, 20 to 5, 6,594, my one and only game. Oh, dear. Next one, Matt Neo MK, 7,304. No time for me, unfortunately, but what a bizarre car crash of a game. Reminded me of 007 Sly Spy, also out by Data East, but not as good. Needs weapons. I think it does need more weapons, because you've only got your Castlevania whip, haven't you? Yeah, pickups of shotguns and stuff would have been better, I reckon. Yeah, and far more variety. Despite the visuals and sound, it gets boring very quickly for me. Very so-so game. Mm, Definitely. Stacey King, 7,437. Saw the year, got excited. Saw the manufacturer, more excited. Saw art style and game type, really excited. Read controls, even more so excited. Play game, Brewers Droop. Hmm. <laughs> Aaron Clark, 7692. Only played this a few times and I didn't enjoy it. Utter chaos and what the flip is going on with that scoring system. Good point, well made. Andy M. Horse, 7780. Matthew Bridge, 9,065. Terrible, he's put. Ooh. Ed Horse, Head of the Horses, 9,373. Strange game and strange game views. The scoring is bizarre. It's impossible not to get hit. Great year. Thanks for everything. Time to wipe the office scoreboard. And he did send us a picture on Twitter of the scoreboard they've been doing for the year. It's absolutely huge. Yeah, and they've kept all the scores as well. How cool is yeah, that? Yeah, so a new year, new scoreboard. Brilliant. Thank you for playing all the horses. Yes, thanks, horses. <laughs> Brian Haribo, 9957. It's going to be a long Christmases, but sad face. Sal Buglarissi, who we could say didn't like it that much, just was a little put off by it. He said, thought the game was ASS. We're not sure of the yeah. acronym. It may mean bottom, but he got 15,825. Good score for someone who didn't like the game at all. Yeah, Paul McCaskey, 16047. I have no idea how this scoring system works. The whole thing is bizarre. I had to look it up. Well, hopefully we've explained that now. Yeah. Oh, soul. Uh. 17,516. Cleft Wanger, a.k.a. Indiana Moons. This is one of the oddest beat-em-ups I've ever played. He seems to take damage from nothing whatsoever at times. And what's that scoring all about? Level three is a pooper. 
<laughs> he is Jimmy17973. Good to see Jimmy. And she is Jimmy the other day. Ooh. It looks good, sounds good, but never been a big fan of the fight and go right genre. So a quick score for me and then back to Robotron. Well, he'll be happy when we do Robotron in the future, won't he? He will be happy. Nice. And Vic, you've beat me again. I think you've beat me like... I'm getting things ready. I'm getting things ready. Go on, go on. Do you score? You big, you big get. I got 18,611. <laughs> and I beat you with 20,425. And let me take this opportunity to give you a... <gasps> in your face! Oh, that's, it's, not gonna happen this, it's not going to happen this year. I got 20,425. I'm no, I've no idea how I got that, but I did. I played it about four times. <laughs> oh, and that was the only time I played the correct ROM set as well. Or the other time I was getting like 6,000 on the rubbish ROM set. God. Ben Granville got 21,442. Good guts. This game is terrible. Uh, Steve Tyke, number two in our scoring, 21,716. Started this at 10 to 4 today, finished at 20 past 4. 21,716. How? No idea. Just button bashing. Took me half that time to find out what the score was. Turd of a game. Oh, Phil Horse is the winner with 29,410. Not massive scores, are they? (laughs) No. Well done, Phil Horse. So, summary and improvements. Oh, God, where do we start? I say, I say, I say, I say, keep the damn background still for a bit. Too much leaping around, so you can't keep track of what you're doing. Enemies piling from all over the place, making the game look crowded. The point system is nonsense, too. A standard health bar would have been just fine. Maybe edge the bar up when you duff up a bit of bad guys, and, you know, obviously when you hit hit, lose it down a bit. But, yeah, it's just too crowded, and the, the, the diagonal moving up and pressing the button to do moves, and then you scroll... Oh, it's just weird. I just couldn't... I was just pressing buttons left, right, and centre to play it. It seems one of those games where you, you just go crazy with your joys. You press loads of buttons and just never play it again. I know, I know. Before I get to my comments, I'm just going to talk about the 10 pence high score league, the final scoreboard, which I've already put on Twitter just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Charlie Charlie Farr wins it with 157 points. Million points. And he didn't play this one. Didn't I play know, this game. I know. That's the only one he didn't play out he of the 20. He was safe. He was safe. Out of the 23 games we've played this year. Second is Sol. Well done, Sol, with 89 points. Yeah. Then you've got Ben Granville, Phil Horse, Chris Moon, Crested Bootleg, Ed Horse, Sal Bug, me and Trone. Me and Tronad's got the same amount of points. Oh, I played, really? I, I played three more games than Tronad, so he should be above me, really, because he's played less games and got more points. Well, so that what is, we'll do, just to annoy him, we'll say that you came just above him. I have done. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my summary improvement. I really wanted to like this because Doc Mac, Doc Mac suggested it, and I was going to lie and say I loved it. In fact, I can still lie. Go on. Shall I lie? Shall I lie? This is the best game I have ever played. You can't played. do it, Sean. You can't do it. I can't, I can't lie. Anyway, it looks great. It sounds great. And it's a good theme for a game, but it needs different scoring system, in my opinion. The controls, I think, is what for me is for what a game lives and dies by. They've got to be good, and these these are confusing. You sometimes you don't know what you can whip and catch. The, it's just strange. You don't know what you can jump on and what you can jump up and grab. It, you don't know all this until you try each part of each level. And nothing is properly defined. Mm. 
and it needs more weapons such as guns and a custard cream cannon i've invented a custard cream cannon now you're talking that wouldn't that be great edward randy too custard cream cannons <laughs> awesome that let's would do be it great. let's make a game yeah. i, I yeah. totally agree and just to end it all thanks to doc mac for picking the game they're not all going to be brilliant games remember some of them are going to be duffers. But I've talked to Doc before about this and listened to his podcast, and he couldn't believe we didn't like Peter Packrat. But Doc is is a video game ambassador. He loves nearly all games. And as yeah. you, you can see that in the arcade, he's got really, really popular games in there. He's got really odd games. He's got unpopular games that are rare. But the yeah. idea of the Galloping Ghost is you can go there and play these games you'll never be able to play anywhere else. Because I played a game called Tattoo Assassins there, which was absolutely dreadful. And it's just a novelty, and it's a one-off. So Doc's got one there, and he told us a really cool story about how he got it and everything. And that's probably what it is with Edward Randy. It's one of these games that, you know, you can play Mr. Do, you can play Pac-Man, you can play Space Invaders, all these games quite easily. And loads of people do, and loads of people get really good scores, and loads of competitive. But this game is relatively unheard of. Most of the people have never heard of it before. I'd never heard of it before. I didn't even see it on main before. So no. we do need to play what, in a lot of people's opinion, the game are not very good games. But we did find some positive. I, I like the, the graphic style was quite nice, apart from the 3D bits. I love the sound in it. And I like the art style. I think it was very Japanese. It was quite clever art style. And at the end, when you finish the game, I watched it on YouTube... It's just got that silly Japanese-ness in it, which I really like, the sort of manga-anime kind of daftness in it, the, the silly mm. bits, which I quite like. So there's a little little plus points to the game, but the actual overall play for me was just too busy, too much going on, and, and the, the movements could have been... If the movements had been improved and the health bar was a better idea, and, and just a bit less, less going on all the time, not too crazy, it would have been a better game. Yeah, I think still... it would have better with a bit of tweaking. I think. Yeah, it's, it's almost there. It needs a bit more. I'm still kicking myself about. I'm messaging Doc the other day. I'm still pick, kicking myself about games I didn't play when I was there. I know we had a you day and a half will. there. You really. always will because it's so difficult to get around all of them. Do you know we, we, we Doc was telling the story how how he got two golly ghosts. Yes. I thought, well, that's brilliant, that. And I didn't play it. I walked past it three times, and I didn't play it. I think, oh, no. You, but I have played it idiot. a long time I ago. I didn't either. <laughs> I have played it in Blackpool a long time ago, but I thought, why didn't I play that? And I keep thinking of other ones that I, I never played. Yeah. Did you play Omega Race? You played Omega Race, didn't you? That was great. That's such yeah. a good... I'm glad you the... played that. It was a brilliant little game. Yeah. yeah, I think we should do that one. We will do before long, yeah. Maybe it's one of the ones with the spinner or whatever we do as an odd one. So... Thumbs up or fingers up to Edward Randy. I think it's going to be fingers up, isn't it? Flicking I'm afraid so. Go on, Edward Randy, get out. I'm afraid so. Take your bike, anyway, off you go. It's a very interesting game. Mm. Next show's game. Anyway, ne- next show's game. It's going to be my... a pick from you, young man, because we gave Doc the last one because we were there. What is it going to be? Yep. We make it a good one. Stone Cold Classic. Ooh. You're going to love it. Kids Ooh. are going to love it. Grandkids are going to love it. Little babies in the street are going to... Anyway, it's called Gyrus. <gasps> I've heard of that. 
G-Y-R-U-S-S, Gyrus. From Konami, Konami 1983, the ROM is just Gyrus. Raspberry Pi versions of this main, of this game have different dip settings, and they're all over the place depending on which version of MAME you're playing on Raspberry Pi, so check them, kids. Uh-oh. The one we're playing is Lives 3, Difficulty 5, which is Average. Yep. Extra, extra Lives... 30,000, 60,000, and every 60,000 thereafter. So check them dips. Yeah, okay. This is also on the 60 and 1. Yeah. So play it on a cab if you can. I like Gyrus. I'm not very good at it. and I'll have to do a bit a bit more practice for me. I can scrape through a 1cc, but I want to breathe through a 1cc of it, so I'm going to do that. I can get nowhere near that. Because you're supposed to be going through the planets to Earth. Right? Yeah. And I can get to about Watford, <laughs> so I'm not not all the way. It's not it's not millions of miles to me. It's about seventy six miles or something. Three, three walks to Watford. Yeah. We should do a, a UK one. They should do, yeah. Yeah. Get stuck on M twenty five services. Brilliant. M twenty. Yeah, that could be the bonus level. Submit your scores, everyone, on Twitter with hashtag ten p score, which is hashtag one zero p s c o r e. Or on Facebook as a comment uh, on the podcast post. Uh, pictures, please, if you fancy. We'll believe you, but a picture's always nice. And the deadline for score submissions is uh, Monday 14th of January seven at 5pm UK time. So you've got two weeks. Two, two weeks, well, each, uh, about, about two weeks, about two weeks. Ish. Yeah. So, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Bye. Thank you, kids. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 